Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Saturday night get-together here on CBS Sports Radio. Judge Mack coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Who found a better way to mortgage so you can get a focus and a handle on your new house? Turn it into a home? That would be Rocket Mortgage. Push button. Get mortgage. All right, uh, let's do a little previewing of some of the NFL action coming up tomorrow. The early game, as a matter of fact, in New Orleans, where the Saints will be taking on the Vikings. Here to give us a New Orleans perspective is a guy who covers them day in and day out for the Associated Press down there on the bayou. Brett Martell joins us on CBS Sports Radio. How are you tonight, Brett? Uh, doing great. How are you? Good. Appreciate you coming on board. Uh, I want to take a look at not only today's matchup, but the Saints season overall. Um, no, the San Francisco game was one of the most exciting games of the entire year. Just didn't go the uh, Saints way coming up short 48-46. But since then, they've ripped off three good wins in a row. Have they gotten a sour taste of that game out of their mouth? I believe they have, and I also think that when they watched the film of that game, they realized how well in many ways they played. I mean, you got to keep in mind the winning field goal was set up by a fourth-and-two conversion. So they're theoretically, you know, a fourth and two stop away from just winning the game right there. But instead, uh, George Kittle goes, you know, galloping down the sideline and, and carrying Marcus Williams with him as he grabbed his face mask. And that was history. But they still, you know, the offense was really rolling. Drew Brees threw for five touchdowns in that game. And they carried that through right uh, right up until today. The Saints finished with a 13-3 and record. And most times... That's going to get you a week off uh, when the playoffs get underway. Not the case this year. Three thirteen and three teams in the NFC, and they just happen to come up on the short end of the tiebreakers. Has the coach used that at all to prepare the players, maybe put a little burr under their saddle that we're better than this, but now it's our lot, and we got to take care of it? Yeah, I can't really tell if they're using it as motivation, but they're definitely viewing it in a positive light. They just talk about, I mean, Sean Payton keeps talking about how in that kind of magical post-Katrina uh, season in 2006, they went 10-6, and six, but there was so much parity in the NFC that year that they ended up actually uh, hardly playing any starters in the last game, which was their sixth loss, and still had the number one seed, or number two seed, actually. They were locked in in the number two seed that year at 10-6. and six. And so, um, you know, this is the second time, unfortunately, for them that they've gone 13-3, and three, 2011 being the other time and uh, did not get a first-round bye, and they're, you know, they know that there have been uh, none of the six uh, past Super Bowls had non-bye teams in them. Uh, Baltimore was the last to, to, to make it and win in 2000, uh, I guess the 12-13 season in, in New Orleans is where they won. So they know it's a tough road, but they seem to be embracing it. And um, I think the key is that usually the bye teams are the best teams, but in this case you had three 13 and three teams, so you don't know. If uh, if New Orleans, you know, might actually emerge as the best one in the playoffs. The one thing that it does assure you is a home game in the first round. Then it doesn't assure you anything thereafter. But Saints have been one of the best home teams in the NFL for the last two, three, four, five years, however long you want to go back. 
How is the uh, crowd playing in New Orleans these days? Do they believe in this team? Do they think they're Super Bowl bound after having come up short for varying reasons the last two years, which I'll touch on with you in a second? What's the vibe like in the city and the belief in the Saints? Yeah, the energy around the team has been extraordinary this year. Ever since they went 5-0 and with uh, Drew Brees rehabbing from thumb surgery and Teddy Bridgewater in there, because it, I think it made everybody realize kind of how deep and resilient this team is across the roster, that they can essentially change the character of their attack or their plan um, without the star quarterback and still rattle off five wins in a row. So, uh, oddly, you know, I mean, they've lost three games this year, and two of those were at home. One real surprising dud against Atlanta coming out of the bye, and then, of course, that thrilling San Francisco game. So, uh, you know, I mean, they like to think that the, that the crowd is a, a, an advantage at home because it's so loud in the Superdome, especially on third downs for opposing teams. It's definitely not an overriding factor, though. So if the other team is composed and prepared for it, you know, it'll be, it'll be a tough game. Brett Martell, Associated Press, covers the Saints day in and day out, our guest here on CBS Sports Radio. Um, Drew Brees, I watched him uh, on the primetime game a couple of weeks ago against Indianapolis where he set the record for most touchdown passes for career. It was almost Madden-like that he was just anywhere he threw the ball, a guy was just open enough, or he made the perfect pass, 29 for 30, whatever he went. Um, is Drew Brees playing as well now as he ever has in his NFL career? Well, you know, it's funny. I think that there are certain throws that he may have made earlier in his career that he doesn't make anymore. But um, I think that he's kept himself in very good shape, and his timing and accuracy is so good, and his decision-making is so good, and just his awareness of, of defensive schemes across the league and how to recognize them, you know, uh, when you're standing behind center and making an early decision. Um, all of those things have been so good that, you know, he's as efficient – statistically, as he's ever been. Some of that has to do with Michael Thomas because that guy hardly drops the ball. <laughs> and you can probably think, oh, well, Drew Brees has had the three highest completion percentages in the history of the league the last three seasons. Not exactly the same, but the three highest. And Michael Thomas has been his top receiver all three of those seasons, so you've got to give him some credit for that. But um, whatever the case, whether it's the guys playing around him or the, or the fitness that he has now, um, that he's very, very efficient and good, definitely good enough to carry this team all the way at age 40 and turning 41 on January 15th. Now, let's flip it. I'll go over to the defensive side for a second. There was that 48-point uh, game that they gave up to San Francisco. You mentioned the fourth and two stop, which they didn't get. You're right. It could have gone the other way, but they didn't get that fourth and two stop. Uh, the defense was just shredded that day by the uh, San Francisco 49ers and Jimmy G. However, they have returned to better defensive form these last three games. Where is this defense at right now? One thing I found just in covering the NFL for a number of years is that I, there's there's something to be said for having a stable, relatively stable lineup, or you know, a, a team having all the guys knowing from Monday who's going to be playing the following weekend. And they lost two key players during that game against San Francisco, which certainly didn't help them. And they were starters. They were, it was a defensive Marcus Davenport and the defensive tackle Sheldon Rankins, uh, both former first round picks. And, uh, so, you know, they've had to plug those holes. Fortunately, they have relatively good depth there and they really lucked out on an undrafted, uh, free agent rookie out of Tennessee named Shy Tuttle, who's done well for them. Um, and they had gotten Malcolm Brown from the Patriots as a free agent in the offseason. So, you know, they're, o they're okay on the defensive line. Um, 
But I think what happened is, yeah, they had more continuity the last two weeks of the season. Uh, the schedule also wasn't as tough in those games. But, um, you know, Tennessee's a solid, really good, solid team, and they beat them on the road. So that was, I think that was the performance you can look at to say that they're pretty much playoff ready. All right. I have a theory on this game. I'm going to run it by you, and you tell me if you can see any merit in it, uh, something that you have to intuit, not necessarily get from someone around the Saints. The last two years, the Saints have been bounced in the playoffs by the worst non-pass interference call in the history of the National Football League, which got them to change their rules because of it and the Minneapolis miracle against said Vikings in Minneapolis a couple of years ago. I'm guessing that the head coach doesn't want to take a chance and leave it to fate this week, that he will be uber-aggressive on offense for the entire 60 minutes of the game. I'm sure and sure Peyton hasn't said this, verbalized it, or let you guys know about it, but I think it's in the back of his mind. How about you? Yeah, I think so, too. Um, you know, Minnesota has a good defense, too, and uh, and um, they're going to have to really, you know, attack those guys. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I'm with you. I think that he's – Sean Payton's always an aggressive coach, and especially at home, he tries to blow teams out. It doesn't always work that way. But I think he suspects this one might be one that he can if his defense plays fairly well early, maybe get some turnovers, and we'll see. You know, but the Vikings, uh, you know, personnel-wise, are looking as good as they've looked on offense in a long time because of who's back. We just don't know exactly how effective they'll be, you know, but they'll have a compliment for uh, Dalvin Cook uh, with Adam Thielen coming back. We just don't know how well. Um, so, you know, that I think helps uh, Stefan Diggs and, and Dalvin Cook and just makes them a little more, you know, dynamic. We're talking to Brett Martell, the AP, down in New Orleans, uh, giving us his Saints insight. I want to ask you two other New Orleans sports questions while I got you on the line. I saw Zion Williamson warming up before last night's game. Of course, he hasn't been activated yet, but uh, I was on NBA TV or ESPN, whichever one it was, uh, before they got beat by the Lakers last night. How close are, are they to getting Zion back out onto the floor, if you know? I, I wouldn't. I, so I don't know. It's really hard to tell with them because I think what they want to see is they want to see how his body responds to a handful of full practices, which they haven't really had time to do yet because uh, he came back the day before they, actually the day they flew to Los Angeles this Thursday, so the day they before they played them. Um, and now they've got Sacramento. So uh, after a couple practices, I mean, it could be by the end of next week, you know, if his body is if he's coming out of practice and in the training room and they're saying he looks fine, you know. I, I mean, at this point it's already been over two months. So it could be imminent. It looked like he was moving okay the other night. Uh, and last thing, I don't know that you uh, investigate these type things, but what's the going rate for that game you got in the big building on Saturday night between LSU and Clemson? How hot is the ticket market down there for the championship game? It's pretty hot. I haven't really looked at it lately, but I'm hearing to get in the building is in the thousands, basically. Uh, I mean, at least $1,000 probably to to get a decent seat in the building uh, right now at this point. Super Bowl-like <laughs> prices, not surprised. Yeah, yeah and, if, you, uh, if you consider inflation, I guess, too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brett, yeah. great stuff. Appreciate you coming on board. Uh, thanks for hopping on. Enjoy the game tomorrow. We'll be reading you. Okay. Take care. Thank you. That is Brett Martell from the Associated Press talking uh, Saints with us here on CBS Sports Radio. All right, Jody Mack with you. We'll get the phones reopened uh, when we get back. 855-212-4227. Jody Mack coming back and getting back on the phones here on CBS Sports Radio.
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.